Wasn't last Sunday powerful? Wasn't that incredible? For those of you who weren't here, it was an honor to have missionaries Mike and Jeanette Bailey with us all the way from the Philippines. And what an incredible anointing on their lives. And um, uh, Mike shared with us their testimony of going to the Brownsville Revival in Pensacola. And it's kind of funny because I, I came across a testimony out of Brownsville this past week of a little old lady from Arkansas who would drive from Arkansas to Pensacola to go to the nightly prayer meetings, and then she'd drive back home. And after about two weeks straight of going to these prayer meetings and driving home late at night, she was just worshiping and praying in her car, and she said, God, I just want you to use me. And she heard the Spirit of God say, Are you sure? She said, yes, Lord, speak to me and I'll obey. I just want to be used by you to change somebody's life. And God said, do you mean it? She said, I mean it. And she heard the Holy Spirit say, at 12.01 tonight, go stand on your head beside the gas pump. And she said, what? <laughs> Lord, is that, is that really you? But she knew in her spirit that the Spirit of God was speaking to her. She said, okay, well, you know, I live in a little town in Arkansas, and everybody already thinks I'm crazy because I'm one of the few people in town that speaks in tongues, so I, I guess I don't have a reputation to lose. So what she does is she goes to the gas station at 12.01 in the morning. She gets out of her car. She waves at the gas station attendant. Then she proceeds to stand on her head, do a headstand right there beside the gas pump. Little did she know that a man across town who was an atheist was in his car driving to commit suicide. And he said out loud in his car, God, I don't know if you're real. I don't think you're real. But if you are real, prove it to me. Show yourself to me. In fact, if you're real, if there is a God in heaven, I want to see a little old lady standing on her head beside the next gas station. I passed. The man ran into that gas station, fell on his knees, and gave his life to Jesus right there on the spot. That's the power of learning to recognize when God speaks. And having the gumption, having the faith, having the willingness to obey what He says. Today's question is, how can I tell if God is speaking to me. Well, first of all, God still speaks. He does speak. Tell somebody God talks. Okay, God still speaks today. He has not somehow lost His voice. He is speaking to all of us in many different ways. And there are a handful of people out there, uh, I call them spiritists. You know what a spiritist is? A spiritual idiot. Okay. Don't be a spiritist. They want to seem so deep and so super spiritual just because they have a cemetery, I mean a seminary degree hanging on the wall, but they miss the basic truths of the Word of God. They stand in their pulpits and proclaim that God does not talk to people. They tell people wrongly that God will never speak to you on a personal level apart from what the Scriptures say. That's not even what the Bible teaches. Ezekiel 12.25, For I am the Lord... I speak. Oops, right there. I am the Lord, I speak, and the word which I will speak will come to pass. It will
will no more be postponed, for in your days, O rebellious house, I will say the word and perform it, says the Lord your God. Job 33, 14, for God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. Tell somebody, God speaks. Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will. You can't even be saved if God doesn't speak to your heart and call you to repent. When I study the character and nature of God in scriptures, I find that God is very vocal. Think about it. It's how God creates. God said, let there be light, and light was. All throughout the scriptures, God speaks to his people. Our God, from the very beginning, has always been conversational. Genesis 3.8, Adam and Eve heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the evening. God spoke to Adam. God spoke to Eve. God spoke to Cain and Abel. God spoke to Enoch. God spoke to Noah. God spoke to Moses. God spoke to all the people of Israel. In fact, on Mount Sinai, the Bible says that God's voice resounded like thunder, and the people trembled and ran away. And they said, Moses, you do it. You go talk to God. God spoke to Samuel. He called him by name. He called Isaiah. He called Ezekiel. He called Jeremiah. God spoke to Elijah when Elijah was having the worst day of his life. He was at his lowest point. And guess what? God didn't yell at him. He spoke in a still, small voice. God said in Malachi 3.6, I am the Lord. I change not. God has not stopped speaking. Pastor, that's great, but how do I how do I know if, if this is God talking to me? How can I tell the difference between the Lord or, or some pizza I ate at 3 a.m.? <laughs> that's a good question. So here are four principles to help you hear from God. Number one, God will never contradict himself. Let me say that again. God will never contradict himself. Repeat after me. God will never contradict himself. You need to know this, understand this, write this on your heart, ingrain it in your mind. God will never, ever tell you to do something that contradicts the principles of Scripture. God's spoken word will not contradict his written word, period. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said it, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, will he not make it good? You want to understand the voice of God, you need to get to know the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible teaches you how to live and trains you to recognize God's voice. It's amazing to me how reading the Scriptures will sharpen your ears to the voice of God. And I've found this true whether I'm reading 1 Corinthians or Leviticus. I can read the book of Numbers, and just because I've spent time in the Word of God, it'll sharpen my ear to the voice of God speaking. Some of you know that I started out uh, 
in banking. And for a while, I was working as a bank teller, handling cash. I'll never forget my first week on the job. We had just bought our first house for $70,000, and I held in my hand $70,000 in $100 bills. <laughs> I was thinking, how far is Mexico? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But after spending so much time handling money on a daily basis, I'll never forget, I was taking a deposit one time and running through all of these $100 bills, and all of a sudden I came across a $100 bill that didn't feel right. I held it up. It looked like all the $100 bills. It looked just all the print was the same. The paper seemed the same. But something wasn't right about this when I marked it. It was a counterfeit. Here's the thing. I knew the counterfeit only because I spent so much time around the real thing. Child of God, if you want to recognize the difference between God speaking and the enemy planting faults in your mind, you need to spend time around the real thing. Spend time around the real thing and you'll learn to recognize the counterfeit. The more you read, the more you study the Word of God, the more you'll recognize when God is speaking to you. How many of you know the Word of God should be our first resource, not our last resort? Come on. You know what everybody else says about the issue, but what does the Bible say? You know what your friends say. You know what your family says. You know what Fox News, CNN, NBC, MSNBC, and the BBC say about it. But what does the Word of God say? Come on. Somebody say amen or ouch one. CNN says we're going into a recession and I should worry, but what does the Bible say? Psalm 37, 25, I was young and now old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. Philippians 4, 19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You know what they say, but do you know what the Bible says? My friends say this sickness is going to kill me. What is the, Come on, we all got friends like that. I got the flu. You know what? I had a cousin who had the flu. He was dead today. Come on. You, you know you have got friends just like that. They're going to pronounce you dead faster than a doctor will. My friends say, I'm going to die from this. What's the Bible say? Isaiah 53 and 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. What does the Bible say about it? Sometimes you need to get second, second opinion from the great physician. Psalm 118.17, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I have not forgotten God's name. Exodus 15.26, I am the Lord who heals you. My family says my marriage will never last. Well, what does the Bible say? <laughs> Matthew 19.6, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Proverbs 18.22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. Come on, ladies, tell your husband, I'm a good thing. <laughs> Isaiah 49, 25, for I will contend with them who contends with you and I will save your children. You want to hear God's voice? Spend time in the Word. There are some questions that the Bible will directly answer. 
For example, is it okay to commit adultery? <laughs> nope. There are other questions the Bible will not directly answer. Should I marry Jennifer or Vanessa? Do I take job number one or job offer number two? The Bible might not directly answer some questions, but the Bible is your source for every answer. The Bible will tell you how to find the answer. James 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. If you're facing a major decision in your life, you need to get into the Word of God, and you need to get confirmation of what you feel God is telling you. Never make a big decision by yourself. My wife has learned not to let me get dressed in the morning by myself. <laughs> Never make a big decision alone. Seek godly counsel. Remember that God also speaks to us through other believers. Proverbs 15.22, plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. You put yourself at risk when you hear just one voice and you jump into action without getting any confirmation that it's the Lord. You think it's God, but it might be that hot dog you ate yesterday. <laughs> Come on, I've missed it before. you got to test that thing. God's Word will always pass the test. Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. In other words, if God spoke it, it'll pass every test you put it through. It shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Here's some wisdom for somebody. Don't be in a hurry. We live in a right now instant gratification generation. Come on, I sit at the microwave tapping my toe looking at my watch saying, when's this thing going to hurry up? Don't be in a hurry. Think about this. Jesus came from heaven to earth on the greatest life-saving mission in all eternity. And he spent 30 years getting ready to start his ministry. And that should tell you something. Don't act too fast. The more important the decision, the more time you should take to pray and get counsel from other people. Because your emotions can be the enemy. Come on. Emotions are notorious for false starts. Nobody ever got emotional excited about having to wait. Sometimes the solution is waiting. Wait a week and see how you feel because emotions are deceitful. They want instant gratification, but our God is methodical and He has appointed times for everything. Ecclesiastes 3 1 To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Child of God, the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Don't let your emotions lead you down the wrong road. You can save yourself a lot of pain and a lot of heartache by seeking godly counsel before you act. There is a pattern in the Word of God to, con to confirm things. 2 Corinthians 13, 1, In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. A friend of mine told me years ago, told me about the HALT model, okay? Never make a decision when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Some of you are always hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Maybe you need to think about some lifestyle changes. Amen. God will never contradict His Word. Stay in the Word and you'll recognize when God speaks to you. And two things go together, Bible study and prayer. You know, the best way to get somebody to talk to you is how about you talk to them first, right? 
Come on, if you want God to speak to you, you need to spend time speaking to Him. Amen? Number one, God will never contradict Himself. Number two, God will lead you only if you follow. God will lead you only if you follow. I think we all know the true test of the leader. If you turn around and nobody's following you, you're not a leader. Okay? If you're not following God, He's not the leader of your life. Too many times we figure out what we want and we ask God to bless it. Come on. I think we've all prayed prayers that could be summed up like this, Thy kingdom come, my will be done. (laughs) But Jesus prayed, Father, not my will, but your will be done. I don't think there's a person here who doesn't want to hear God speak, but we hear His voice when we follow His ways. Romans 8, 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. In order to understand the things of God, you've got to follow the leading of the Spirit of God. And the wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit is that He's always there and He's always present. Psalm 139, 7, Where can I go from your Spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning as well in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. There is nowhere you can go where the Holy Spirit is not there also. But not everyone is aware of His presence. Think about it. There, there are signals going through this room right now for every radio station in Goldsboro. But we're not aware of them because we don't have our tuner on. Do you see what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit is always present and always speaking and always ready to lead and help and guide and strengthen you, but you've got to become aware of His presence. Amen? How many of you on some level have heard the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your life? Uh-huh. First Corinthians 2, 9, it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit will teach you everything if you follow His leading. Amen? you're a Christian and you're not hearing from the Holy Spirit, maybe it's time for a spiritual checkup. Are there things in your life that are clogging your ears, spiritually speaking? Amen? Don't let Facebook become between you and the Father. Don't let Netflix clog your mind to the point where you miss out on what God is saying to you. God will lead you if you follow, but do not ignore His voice and His promptings. Think about this. Why would the Holy Spirit give you direction about a big decision in your life if you've been ignoring His voice of conviction about the small things? Don't let a small thing stand between you and your destiny. God will lead you if you're willing to follow. Number three, this is so big, so deep, so profound, God will never tell you to satisfy your flesh. What is our flesh? According to the Bible, it's our sinful nature, our old human nature. It's that nature that's constantly battling with our spiritual nature. Romans 8, 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. 
What are you setting your mind on, child of God? The things of the flesh, the things of this world, or the things of the Spirit? Verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is neither subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be, so that those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Here we have this inner conflict between the flesh and the spirit. Verse 7 says that our flesh is enmity with God. What does that mean? Your flesh, your sinful nature in your life is the enemy of God. Think about that. And God will not speak to you and tell you to do something that goes against the Spirit to satisfy your flesh. For example, God told me to quit going to church. It sounds so crazy, but I've heard it so many times. God told me to quit going to church. Would God say that? No. How do we know that? Through His Word. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some then and the manner of many now, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Baby, God didn't tell you to stop going to church because the Bible says the opposite of that. The Bible says the closer we get to Jesus coming back, the more important it is that we physically gather together. He didn't tell you to stop going to church. Here's what happened. Either you can't get along with people, you can't submit to authority, you become a slave to fear where a spirit of infirmity dictates what your faith can and cannot do, or your lazy tail don't want to get out of bed and go to church on Sunday mornings. Don't tell me God told you to do that. God will never contradict His Word so you can satisfy yourself. God will never tell you to do something that goes against His will. But He'll regularly tell you to do things that go against your will. God will put you to the test to prove who is really the Lord of your life. God will ask you to give of your time and your resources and your money. Jesus said, don't store up treasures on earth. Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus wasn't against treasures on earth. He was against hoarding them. God was not opposed to the manna that fed the Israelites. He was opposed to them stockpiling the manna. Why? Because storing it up would make them self-reliant instead of completely depending on God. Who do you rely on more, God or yourself? The Holy Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. If I'm lying, I'm crying. Ain't no tears to be lying. One, God will never contradict himself. Two, he'll lead you if you follow. Three, he'll never tell you to satisfy your flesh. And number four, when God speaks, you'll always have peace in your heart. <laughs> Why that little old lady stand on her head on the gas pump? Because she had peace in her heart. She knew the Holy Spirit was leading her to do something. She didn't understand it, but she knew that God was in it. And look what God did. When it's God, you'll have peace in your heart. James 3.17, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. The wisdom that comes from God 
is pure and peaceable and gentle. If the voice you're hearing and the word you're hearing is not pure and not peaceable and not gentle, you need to question if that's from God. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything but prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And look what happens. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you don't feel like God has ever said anything to you. And you want to hear Him speak. Maybe you desperately need God's wisdom in your life and in your situation right now. Here's my challenge. Simply ask Him to guide you. Ask Him to speak to your heart. And here's, this is what to build your faith. This is what God says to you in Jeremiah 33, 3. He said, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. If there's something you don't know and you need to know, God says, call and I'll answer and I'll show it to you. God is here, and He's willing to speak to you if you're willing to listen this morning. Will you stand as we pray and as the worship team comes? Let's pray for open ears and open hearts this morning. Father, we just thank you, Father, for this morning. Lord, I thank you, Father, for this word. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you do not contradict yourself. Lord, that you do not lie, Father. And Lord, I thank you this morning that you be with us. God, let this word go sharper than a two-edged sword, Lord. God, if there's anyone that doubts or they feel that they haven't heard from you, God, this morning, I thank you that you speak loudly, Father. And Lord, let our ears be able to hear what you're saying, Father. And Lord, I thank you for obedience and surrender, that when you speak, we obey that we don't hesitate, we don't question, we don't wait, but God, that we begin to move as you speak, Father. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that we hear and we know your voice, that as we draw closer to you, God, that your voice becomes louder and louder, Lord. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that this morning, Lord, that if there's anybody that's doubting your voice, that you make it clear, God, that they hear your voice clear. And Lord, I thank you that we'll follow you. And Lord, this morning, I thank you that we stop satisfying the flesh. And God, that we start walking in the Spirit more. That when the flesh begins to rise up, that this morning, that we shut it down. That we stop walking in me and I and we and what we want. But God, that it becomes about what you want, Father. Lord, how you want us to live our life. Lord, that we become consecrated to you, Father, that we surrender our life to you, that the pull of this world, the drugs, the alcohol, the battles, the the marriage that's trying to fail, the child that's walked out, that this morning we give it to you and we stop walking in the flesh and we put those chains that have begun to bind us down, that we release from those this morning. God, that deliverance is in this house. If you need to be delivered, just raise your hands in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for deliverance. Lord, I thank you for obedience. I thank you for freedom in the name of Jesus. That who the sun sets free is free indeed. And God, this morning, you have called your people to be free. And Lord, I thank you for freedom all over this place. 
And God, I thank you that as you set us free, that we walk in that obedience, God, that we know the things that are of you and the commandments of you, and that we surrender our life to follow those commandments, Father. And Lord, this morning, I thank you for peace in our hearts, Father. God, I thank you, Lord, for peace to fall like never before. If you need peace, put your hands up in the air. God, I thank you for filling this room with your peace. God, peace that just surrounds us, that it surpasses all understanding, Father. Lord, may it fall like rain, that fear be cast out in the name of Jesus, that worry be cast out in the name of Jesus, and it has to fall at the feet of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And God, I thank you that minds are being filled with peace right now, that fear is being driven out, that worry is being put at your feet. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for freedom. And Lord, we praise you and we give you glory. And God, we give you honor, Father. And in the, in the mighty name of Jesus, let's let a roar of praise just give God some praise and thanksgiving. God, we thank you for your peace. We thank you for your deliverance. We thank you for setting us free. God, we just praise you, Father.